Right, well, before Christmas, actually, I really, I, God just sort of dropped something into my heart. And um, so I was kind of putting a lot of thoughts together. Um, and, and then we were sat at, sitting at the breakfast table and just sharing some things. And then just, just one thing came out of what we were saying. I thought, yeah, that, that's really powerful. And that's when Jeff said, oh, you could share that. And I thought, well, actually, yes, if God has shown me something or God wants to reveal something, then that's where we need to share. So this is where that's come out from. But, you know, this is a month of praying three times a day. It is a month where we're going to see breakthroughs. We're going to believe God for situations to change. And, um, you know, there's many of us here that have got situations that we are facing, whether it's in our personal life, whether it's friends, whether it's to do with situations, you know, that are missing immediate family and friends and stuff, but just situations you want to see change. Most of us have got something we want to see God move on. And, um, and so I just, I just want to share um, someone in the Bible that really did see a breakthrough in her life. And it's found in the book of Joshua, chapter 2. I want to talk about Rahab this morning. Um, you see, Rahab was destined for destruction. Rahab was in the city of Jericho, and that city was going to be destroyed. Has that gone off? That city was going to be destroyed. And, um, but she saw her life change from destruction into a blessed life. And so those who, you know, I'll just give a brief outline of the, you know, the situation that they was happening at the time. Obviously, you had Joshua. He was leading the people of Israel, the army of Israel. God had said to go into Jericho, to take the city, and to destroy it. And um, so he sent two spies out into the city of Jericho to go and spy the land to see what's what. So these two spies went, and they um, came upon the house of Rahab. They went in, and obviously must have been chatting with her, um, and then the king of Jericho found out that these two guys were there, two spies were there. So they then sent men and said to Rahab, you bring these men out to us, we want them, you bring them out. And she hid them, so she must have known, she must have got wind of the fact that they were going to come, and she hid them on the roof of her house under the flax. And so obviously she sent the, the king's men away and said, no, they've, they've gone already, you've, you've missed them, they've gone. Um, and then she you know, called them down, it was safe, she called them down. And, um, and she got them to promise to her that they, they, they would preserve her life when they came to attack because she had shown kindness to them. And you know, when I look at this and I think, how, so how did Rahab escape the destruction of Jericho? How did she become the great-grandmother of King David and be part of the bloodline of Jesus Christ when she was a harlot and an enemy from an enemy city? And I just think that's pretty awesome. You know, when you look at those things, this is a woman that was destined for destruction. That was her life. That's what was going to happen. If she stayed there, she was going to be destroyed with the whole of Jericho. There was four steps that I believe Rahab took that actually got her from the place of where she was, destined for destruction, into a blessed life. And I want to go through those four steps. And the first one is, 
she listened to the report of what God was doing for the children of Israel. And we read that in Joshua 2, verse 10. It says, For we have heard how the Lord dried up the Red Sea for, for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. So we can see here she heard. Now, because of her lifestyle, she would have had lots of people coming into her home. She would have heard about all that was happening. She lived on the city wall. So the passers-by, she, she would have got to hear what the, the children of Israel, how their God was fighting for them. And actually, nothing was standing in the way. So she knew when they were coming and heading towards Jericho, that was it. There was nothing else. So she listened. Just like Rahab, we hear God's report each week when we're in church. When we're at home, we're reading the Bible. When we're listening to ministry, we too hear reports. We hear what God is saying to us. You know, the Bible is full of God's report on how we are to live in this life. He wants us to live in victory. He wants us to overcome all obstacles, and he wants us to see breakthroughs in our lives. The question that we need to ask ourselves, and I need to ask it too. I'm not just throwing this out. I need to ask myself this question too. Am I really listening? Am I listening to what I hear? When I read the Bible, am I letting it sink in to my heart so that actually it's doing me good? Is it causing us to take action when we hear the word of God or is it causing us to take action you see Rahab must have been thinking a lot about these reports for what she did next and the second step she did was she took action and that action was she hid the spies she hid the spies so when the two spies turned up this is what I've written down when the two spies turned up at her house she saw an opportunity to escape she didn't want this opportunity to be snatched out of her hands before she had the chance to receive her promise. And we've got to remember that she hid the spies was actually that act that she did was a really dodgy one for her. Because if the king's men had found out, she, I, I mean, I was reading something about this um, on, online. And from what I gather, a traitor in those days, they did some pretty horrible things to them before they stoned them. So she knew that she was laying her life down on the line to save these men. But she took action. She hid them. This should be true of us. We should hold on so tightly to God's word in our hearts that there's no opportunity for it to be snatched, but every opportunity for it to be brought to pass. Because if you think about it, had she not hid the spies, had the spies of being taken the king's men, she would never have had an opportunity to say to them, I want you to save my family. I want you to protect me because I've protected you. She wouldn't have had the opportunity, which meant she would have been destroyed. But she took action. So she listened. She took no of the report of what she'd heard. Then she took action and she hid the spies. What we read and allow to drop in our hearts one day may be just something we need for the next day. 
You don't know what you read one day. One little passage you read one day may be just what God is wanting you to read and wanting you to get down in your heart because you're going to need it the next day. And I shared a few weeks ago how one night I couldn't sleep and I got up, I went down and had a cup of tea, I read the Bible, read Psalm 112, and the scripture in it was... Uh, my heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. I will not be afraid. That day, I went to the doctors and had a report I didn't like. But God kept me safe, and everything was all right. And you know, because I listened to that word, and I received it, when I needed it the next day, because at that point, my heart was troubled, God's word then came up and answered that need and kept me at peace. You know, Mark, Mark 4.15 talks about the seed of God's word being snatched out of our hearts. God doesn't want the seed of his word snatched out of, his, out of our hearts. He wants us to protect our hearts. He wants to protect everything that's in there. You know, that's why we can't have things like bitterness in our hearts. That's why we can't have unforgiveness. That's why we've got to walk in love continually, regardless of whether it doesn't feel like we want to, regardless of that. You know, it doesn't matter. It's not a question of whether we want to or not. It's what God requires. And actually, when we keep our heart pure and we keep our heart where it needs to be, that's where we're protecting our hearts. Because, you know, in um, Proverbs, keep your heart with all diligence is so vitally important. Then the next step she took was a step of obedience. She was obedient and she hung the scarlet cord in the window of the home. Now, those of you who would know that, you know, that she was the, the, the spy said, you hang this scarlet cord in your window and then that is going to be a sign to us that we are not to touch you, that you are going to be saved. You are to bring all your family into the home. If you don't bring them in, they're not going to be safe. You've got to bring them in. So she had to bring all her family in. You know, that cord there was a continual sign to her. However long that journey was, from the spies going back to, obviously we know they went round the walls of Jericho seven days, and then the destruction. But however long that was, she saw that cord that red cord in her house. You know, that red cord, there's lots of things it, it, can, and it says it can mean, but I really believe it, it means the blood of Jesus Christ. That line of Jesus Christ, that blood of Jesus Christ that actually protects us. And we see that where the blood of Jesus was put on the lintels of the doorposts. You know, when it was the, um, the angel of death was going to go over when the plagues were all around. And I believe she saw that cord, and it was a reminder, these spies have promised me these spies have promised me that I will be kept safe. Do you know, God's word is a promise. There is so much in his word where he promises us things. But we need to remind ourselves of them. We need to keep it at the very foremost front of our eyes and our hearts and our thinking for it to do us good. Right, where am I? James 4 Verse, sorry, James 2, verse 24 to 25. You see then, a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? You see, she was justified um, justified by works and her faith. Now, we don't have to work at making God do what he wants to do. God has already done it. 
When Jesus came on the earth, when he died on the cross, he sorted everything out. Everything was done, finished, completed. He won every battle for us. He forgave every sin. He dealt with everything. Our responsibility is to walk in that. That's where the working comes in because we've got to work at making sure that we follow the instruction, this instruction book. We follow it because if we don't follow it, it's not going to happen. You know, there's no point just sitting there and having it there and think, oh, well, God's word says it and that's it. We've got to follow it. It's got to be part of everything that we are. In the same way, we must receive the word of God into our hearts and we must then send it out of our mouths, declaring what God says over circumstances and situations we are trusting for breakthrough. We've got to protect it. You know, she hid. She hid those spies just like we must hide God's word in our hearts. And, sorry, just a second. She hid the spies. Then she took action and she put that cord in and obedience. Everything she did, she followed a long line of what the men had told her to do, just like we need to follow the word of God. In 1 John 2, 14, it says, I have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. And I love this scripture. It's just John talking about, you know, the, the church. And, but he's saying, I, I, I've written to you young men because you're strong and the word of God abides in you. I don't know about you lot, but I want to be strong, not in my own self, because that means nothing. But I want to be strong in God so that no matter what, I know that he's for me. I know that in life, I can totally and utterly trust him. But you know, that strength didn't come. God didn't just put that strength in the, into those young men. They had to put it in there. They had to receive the word of God and let it be part of their very being. Everything that they are, it had to be part of them. God desires us to become strong in his word and let it dwell richly in us so that we know how to take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You know, we're all trusting for breakthroughs. We're all trusting for situations. And we know, need to know how to pick up this word and read it and declare it out loud over every situation we face, over every negative thing that is trying to come against your lives, your family's lives, your friend life, friend's lives. And we need to use it like a sword. It is des described as a sword, the sword of the Spirit. And when we're using the Word of God and we voice it out, remember, she hid the spies, then she sent them out. We are to hide God's Word in our hearts, and then we send it out. But you see, when it's been from your heart, when you know that you know that you know this is what God is saying, you'll send it out and it will go out with faith and it will accomplish what God has designed it to accomplish. So if we just speak our own words, there's praying and absolutely, but I believe there's something powerful when you take the word of God and pray it because you're literally speaking God's word. This word is inspired by God. He inspired men to write it. 
It's his word. So when you say it, you're saying what God is saying. And you know, God said that he will send his angels and he will make sure that they minister into the situations that need to be ministered to. They will be working on our behalf. That is exciting. To me, that is so exciting to know that when I declare the word of God, that the angels of God are now sent from God to make sure that happens. The Holy Spirit will go and make sure that situation is dealt with. You know, there may be times we have to keep declaring it and keep declaring it. Maybe we have to actually break through the spiritual realm first to get, you know, the breakthrough to come. But as we keep creating pressure with the word of God, the pressure of the enemy will back down because it has to. It has no choice. And then the fourth step is she agreed. And that's found in verse 21. And Rahab said, according to your word, so be it. And she sent them away and they departed and she bound the scarlet cord in her window. The only way she could see deliverance was to follow the instructions of the spies and agree to do what they had said. She agreed with it. She said, I'll do it. I'll absolutely do it. You see, God has already made a way for breakthroughs for us. Following his instructions will cause it to come to pass. God wants us to see victories in our lives. And we've got to agree with his word. We can't be like, well, God says it there, but I'm not really sure it's going to happen. Or I don't believe it's for me. Or God doesn't want us to be like that. He doesn't want us half-hearted. He wants us absolutely certain that what his word says is for us. Because it is. It's for every one of us. There's no one here that is disqualified for it. No one. We are all able to stand on the word of God, put it in our hearts, and absolutely know that he is working for us. I think it's really interesting. If we go back to Joshua 2, verse 10, and I just want to read that, that verse again because there's something I think was really, really quite powerful here. And it says, For we have heard how the Lord dried up the Red Sea, um, Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. Now, I looked up the meanings of those two names. I thought it was interesting why they put the two names specifically there. But when I looked up the name Sion, it means rooted out and conclusion. And I believe God is wanting to root out situations in your lives, in your family's lives, in your friends' lives. He's wanting to root it out once and for all and bring a conclusion. He doesn't want a little bit left there so that, oh, well, in months' time or a year's time, it's all going to come back up again. He wants everything rooted out and he wants a conclusion brought. You know, if anyone of you do gardening, you'll know you dig a weed out You've got to get right to the base of that, that root. You've got to get everything out. Because if you don't, it'll look, look great. Everything will be brilliant for a while. And then, within no time at all, it's up again. And you wonder why. You think, well, I prayed. And why is it back again? Why isn't it dealt with? Because God wants to get to the root, the very core of the problem, and deal with it and bring a conclusion. Og means, it's difficult to actually really find a meaning of this, but the, the gist of it is, it's a shortened form of giant. <laughs> and we know what God does to giants. We know what he did to, to Goliath. And God wants to smash every giant out of your lives. 
And I really believe that this is something that if we lay hold of God's word and we put it in our hearts, we listen to it, we really listen to it and really say, okay, God, I'm going to read your word today. Maybe we don't have much time. You know, I remember when my kids were really small and it's like trying to find time. I actually took the Bible into the bathroom. I thought it's about the easiest place. I'm going to get some quiet <laughs> and just sit. And Yeah, well, and, but I, you grab any minute you get, and no matter how busy your life is. And if you get one verse, just one verse, but you say, God, this is my verse for today. It's only the one verse I've got because it's all the time I've got. But you put it, let it sink into my heart and and keep reminding me of it throughout the day. That one verse will do more when you're really desiring it to sink into your heart. It will do more than if you read 10 chapters and never thought about it for the rest of the day. We've got to really listen. We've got to take this book really seriously, okay? There is so much that God has promised us, so much here for us. There was also another lady in the Bible that said the same thing as Rahab, and she received her promise. You remember, Rahab said, according to your word, let it be. And it's Luke 1.38. Behold the servant, maidservant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And Jesus was born. There's things I believe God wants to birth into your life. He wants to destroy the negative situations, those strongholds, those things that just will not bow the knee, will not seem to break, but he wants to destroy them once and for all. And I think he wants to birth some new stuff into your life, some freshness, some realness, some just good stuff that he knows is going to be good for you. You know, in Hebrews 11, 31, Rahab the harlot was mentioned and what's so amazing with this is that when you look at Hebrews 11, they, it, it, it goes into detail of certain individuals in the Bible. And the, it's only just a few. And Rahab is mentioned just after Moses. But what's interesting was Rahab was mentioned and not Joshua. And I think that's quite amazing. Joshua was the one who took the children of Israel, took the army of Israel around the walls. He was the one who saw the walls fall down flat. He was the one who obeyed, but he wasn't the one who was mentioned. Rahab was, and Rahab was a harlot. (laughs) That's God for you. That shows there's none of us here that (laughs) don't qualify. None of us. It doesn't matter what our lives have been. It doesn't matter what mistake we have made. It doesn't disqualify us because God loves us all. And then he made her the great-grandmother of King David. King David was a man after God's own heart. So she must have done something right for her to teach her children and then her children to teach King David. How amazing is that? That a woman that was a harlot and of an enemy nation to God was brought in line because of her faith and her trust and her obedience and her willingness to agree with the word of God and be on his side. God can work through any of us when we follow his instructions. This book, the Bible, is his instruction. Now, I had my grandkids around the other day, 
And Sam was there as well, and um, <clears throat> I've got this little toy till, and they were Miles and Gracie, they'd been pulling some of the money out, pretend money, but actually I put some of the money in it that was from an old game, and it was Operation, um, but the Operation and Game had broken. Does anyone remember the game Operation? I think they still do it, don't they? Yeah, years ago that was. Um, but anyway, there was money in it, and each of the notes, some of them were like £200 per note. And I held this, I got it all in a neat pile, and I held it in my hands. I said, Sam, imagine, imagine if we were given this. This, by the way, is not real, okay? £50, all £50 notes. It's not real, it's been printed off, just this is an example, okay? Anyway, I said to Sam, imagine being given that. And I worked out there must be, I don't know, £7,000 there. So imagine holding that in your hands. Imagine someone gave you that. And you'd look at it and think, wow. <laughs> I would. That's personal. I would look at this and think, oh, wow. Oh, Lord, thank you. <laughs> I'd think, right, what am I going to buy with this? I'll tithe thirst, obviously. <laughs> But I'd look at it, I think, that has so much potential. The things I've really wanted to buy, oh, I could go and buy it. The things I could do with this, and I would be so incredibly, careful, so incredibly grateful. But if I just left it there and didn't do anything with it, it's not going to do me any good, is it? Nothing. It's not going to, that, I can get excited about it, but if I just leave it there, it's not going to do one bit of good for me. I'm not going to enjoy the pleasure of it. I'm not going to be able to bless other people. I'm not going to see any of what I want to see. It needs to be picked up and it needs to be used. That's what we need to do. This has got to be the most important thing in your life. And I know I tend to emphasize on this a lot and I'm very conscious of that. But that's probably due to the fact that I know that it's his word that's got me through a lot of situations. Got me in through situations where I didn't feel like a cope for another day. This word has got me through it. And it's got me through. And it's got many other people that are here who know that actually standing on the word will get you through. No matter what situation you face. He will never, ever, ever let you down. Never, ever let you down when you trust him. You can trust him with your life. Rahab trusted him with her life. She should have been destroyed, utterly destroyed. But because she trusted God, he brought her through. He brought her fa family through. And then he did the most wonderful thing for her. And we still read about her today. This book, don't ever let it depart from your mouth. It says that in the book of Joshua, right at the beginning. God says to him, don't let this book ever depart from your mouth. Let it be in the forefront of your eyes, always. Let it be the thing that you go to. It is your life source. Do you know there can be days I can be so busy and I can be getting on with things. And sometimes when I'm looking after the grandkids, it's like um, this week, um, Miles has had chicken pox, so I've had the grandkids all this week. And um, so I'm up very early. And, and I, my time for reading is first thing in the morning. That's the time when I, I just have to have my time with God because it just means so much to me. And I feel like then I'm just starting my day. But I find sometimes when situations like that happen and I'm not quite able to get my read first thing in the morning and a day or two will go by, I'm feeling it. And I'm finding situations in my life and it's like, oh, 
Lord, why isn't this falling into place? Why is everything a real pain today? Everything seems to be going wrong. And the times I thought, hold on a minute. Now I need to get back into his word. And, I, and, and I've had that happen where I thought, right, I'm going to stop exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to spend time with God. And I did. And I, it's incredible how the rest of the day just pans out beautiful and just, you know, it's not necessarily that everything is perfect, but I have a peace inside. And his word gives me peace. And just once a week isn't good enough. We need it every day. Do you know, I don't know what this, this world is going to look like in 10 years' time. I don't know what it will look like in a year's time. But we've got to be strong, because if we're not strong, we've got to be strong. <laughs> we've got to stand. We've got to be able to stand up against whatever comes towards us. And Rahab stood in the midst of death. She knew that she had the potential. She was either going to be destroyed if she didn't stand up, but if she did stand up, she could be destroyed too. But she was willing to take that risk. Are we re- willing to take the risk that actually people will turn around and say, you idiots, what are you? <laughs> you trust in God? Really? Yes, really. And when you stand in that sort of faith, I'll tell you what, God will do some powerful things for you. There are breakthroughs that need to happen. We have breakthrough situations we are facing and desperate to see change. But I tell you, we are going to see those changes. And I am absolutely convinced. I've had moments where I've faltered and I've, I've, I've been like, oh God, you've got to do this. You've got to come through. And I've had days like that. But then I've had to kick myself up and say, no, you're not going to flounder. You're not going to waver. You're going to stay strong. And actually, when you believe what God's word says, you won't waver And you actually won't even be sad over the situation. You'll think, no, the end result is good. (laughs) The end result is good. So actually, why would I be sad when I know? You know, Hannah, when she, Hannah was barren. She couldn't have children. Her rival, the other wife, (laughs) she had children and she provoked her. And she, you know, she was mean to her, really. She really was quite mean to her. But Hannah went before the priest and said and cried out and, and, and talked to the priest. And the priest turned around and said, it's fine. God has it in your hands and blah, blah, blah. And um, the Bible actually says she went away and her own countenance was lightened. That she was okay. And she brightened up because she knew the end result. Where's it gone? <laughs> I knew this would happen. Right, I'll hold it there. Okay. And, but she knew. She knew what was going to happen. She knew what was going to happen. We know what's going to happen. But it only comes through this. See, if you try and work up faith, you try and believe for your, in your own strength, it will not happen. You have to have it based on God's word. When you have absolute assurity of what God's word said, you can go out and you can declare it and know it will come to pass. I just want to pray. Amen. Father, I just want to lift every person here and every person that's going to hear this message. And I ask you, Father God, that you will do in their hearts and create an excitement in their hearts, Lord God, of this word. Knowing, Lord God, that just like that money, you know, we could look at that and think, wow, what we could do with that. Lord, your word 
is so much more than money, so much more than anything we could ever have. It's the answer to everything in life. And I pray that the little precious people here, that every one of them will take hold of your word like never before, that they will take it like the bread of life that is everything to them, that is the very, they'll get it to the very core of them, Lord God. And that, Father, their life, Lord, every situation that they're believing God for answers for, Lord, they'll be able to declare your word over it and know that you fight for them and that you have won the battle in every situation. And that, Father, their lives will be able to glorify you, just like, Lord, with Rahab. Lord, you took her from that place of destruction. You took her from that place of despair and you took her into a place of blessing. And I ask you that you will do that each one here in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.